everyone, I'm Taffney Hopper, and you're listening to Talking Nonprofits, a podcast about the world of nonprofits. Each week, I'll be interviewing a nonprofit leader, and we will discuss their mission and core purpose, their challenges, as well as their victories. We will also take a behind-the-scenes look at how they plan to change the world for good. Follow along so you too can learn how to make a difference in your community. Hi everyone, I'm Taffney Hopper, host of Talking Nonprofits. Today on our on our podcast, we have my good friend, Mr. Kendrick Lusk. Kendrick serves as the Sigma Tau chapter of the Omega Sci Fi fraternity in the role of Basias. Kendrick was born and raised in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. In 1998, he received an active duty commission through the United States Army ROTC program, also obtaining a BA degree from the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. In 2001, he obtained an MA in Business Organizational Security Management from Webster's University. He's currently in graduate school at Lamar's University to obtain his Master's in Educational Technology Leadership. He retired from the U.S. Army after 20 years of service, and he currently works as a high school social studies teacher and as a coach at the W.H. Burgess High School. Welcome to the podcast, Kendrick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you've done so much. But today we are here to talk about your role as the leadership of the uh, Omega Sci-Fi fraternity. But before we go into that, can you tell me the history and the purpose of the fraternity? Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated was founded in uh, Howard University in 1911. It was started by three undergraduate students and a and professor. After 1911, they started incorporating other chapters. The sole purpose of it was to give opportunities for college students to, to give back to the community as it is a service organization. So during 1911, a lot of the students, um, Black students, uh, obviously Howard University is a historical Black college university, they didn't have an opportunity to really get together to try to garner support amongst those people who have similar ideal ideology, college educated, common goals. So it gave those organizations an opportunity to have young men, college-age men, um, to get together to do community service. The Carter Principles are scholarship, which uh, it's which basically means to aspire to be a scholar, to um, be an academic. Uh, manhood is actually being a man in your community, being a stand-up person, be a man of value. Um, perseverance, um, being able to uh, endure hardships and make it through life. Um, obviously, 1911, a lot of the, our founding members were World War I veterans. Um, obviously, they face a lot of social injustices during that time. And uplift, uplift is probably the most notable one, I would say, because it's up to us to uplift ourselves as well as uplift our communities. Um, so as I stated, we are a service organization, and it's all about um, us giving back and, and lifting others up as, as we continue to climb. And why is that so important in the Black community? Uplift is something that um, you have those people who came before you and they paved the way. You know, as we embark on this this year where we're electing our officials, many, many years ago, a lot of us didn't have the opportunity, whether it was because of our education, 
uh, whether it was because our ability to pay our taxes, they didn't allow us to vote. Because if you weren't a property owner, you didn't pay a tax, you couldn't vote. If you didn't pass an illiteracy exam, you weren't for the opportunity to vote. So as a as an organization that that uplifts this community, ensure that we show um, bring awareness to issues, challenges. Um, we have ten mandated programs. Most of it is dealing with uh, mentorship. Uh, we do a we have to maintain our our um, life membership with NAACP. We have to do a a college endowment fund, which we donate money every year to universities. We also give out scholarships locally in El Paso. We give up to like $5,000 worth of scholarships a year. Um, we continue in the health and human services aspect where in, in underneath the social action, uh, we've done like, we supported eight different voters registration drives. We've done probably 20 uh, food giveaways. Uh, we do back to school giveaways to high school students. We also feed the homeless and we donate as much as possible. Uh, now with the pandemic, we're in the process of um, trying to get masks and get supplies to get provide to the first responders. That now is going to include school teachers, those who are putting themselves at risk. Those are generally some of the things that, that we do, but it's all about the community. It's all about trying to impact where you are and it starts where you are. Um, and it starts with, you know, the other members, other citizens in the community, as well as members of my fraternity, which we, we gives us opportunity to pool our resources, um, our, our, our equity being that I'm an educator, I'm military. Most guys in our chapter here are military. We have brothers who are in the medical field. We have brothers who are lawyers. We have brothers who are entrepreneurs. So we kind of get together to pool our resources and, and kind of synergize our efforts because everybody has something they can bring to the table. Everyone has something of value that they've done in the past and that they continue to do. So um, we have to show that out in the community um, of what we are, what we're about, and to continue to try to uplift as much as possible. Not just so much for people that look like me that are that are black, but even others who may not even know who we are and what we're about, uh, especially with the demographics here in El Paso. So um, something is always, always about, I always think about how can we better our community, how can we impact? Because at the end of the day, you know, it's not so much about who the each organization, there's several different Greek organizations, but it's about what what about our legacy? How do we want to be remembered? And I think um, sometimes along the way, we get so caught in ourselves or where we we forget that it's very simple. We're a service organization. It's about giving back. Yeah, we are brothers and we have that aspect of it, you know, you have to join and you have to have a degree to become one. But it's the same day. If you want guys who have similar ideals and similar values that can like kind of, we can leverage all those different backgrounds and harness it with our, our cardinal principles, which is manhood, scholarship, perseverance. Of them. Speaking of mentorship, I guess it was about three or four years ago, I asked Kendrick to mentor my son, Isaac, and um, my son's in the Navy now, and I believe that he was a good, that Kendrick, you know, was a great mentor. Can you expound on why is it important for for mentoring overall? Why is that important, Kendrick? But the best way to get back is to to be what you never had. And um, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you never know who's watching you at the end mm-hmm. of the day as adults. We never know who's watching us, whether it's our, you know, 
the people in your school, the people in your community, they watch you. My, my students, students watch me. Um, you know, there, there's always, you know, the parents can only do so much and, yeah. and it takes all, all of us. And so if you, if you have something, you have a skill, you have a gift, you got to give it, you know, and uh, I think being a mentor, it's, it's something that I think in this community is not really a big deal. They don't, they don't really talk. I mean, even, even as an educator, I talk to my peers and they really don't mentoring. It's like, okay, well, I got an uncle, got an aunt, but are they positive influences? I mean, because sometimes you see, you see the tradition, you see the the, the loop. And then you have one that goes to college. You have the one that goes to military. Mm-hmm. Those people go off and they see the light. Like, wow, you know, I'm from El Paso. I'm here and I see things. All that stuff I grew up around, that was... It was probably jacked up and, and it yeah. took somebody else to plant a seed for me to go do something different. You know, a lot of people don't like the military, but it gives you opportunity to see stuff that I know I would have never seen. But mm-hmm. I think it's always being a presence and um, just trying to reach out and trying to share who you are with those people. And you have to be very transparent because sometimes the youth think that it's easy. You know, you got to be telling the truth. Hey, it's, it's, it's going to suck, you know, times are going to be hard. Nothing's going to happen as you would like it to, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, you got to have a plan and you kind of have to stick with it. You, a lot of times I tell my students and people, other people I mentor, you got to figure out what you're good at and stick to it. You can't jump around because you, you don't want to be 40 years old trying to figure out what you're good at. You know, you kind of want to trial and error early on in school, high school, and, but it takes people who are older to guide them to, to, to troubleshoot and be having those open and honest discussions about it, about their goals and what they want, you know? And I think you mentoring is, is sometimes people think it's all about someone being a positive influence. You can learn a lot from negative people too. I mean, yes, you can. You may not think so, but ultimately you got haters. You got people who don't believe in you. You had in one person, who believed in you, like, wow, okay, this person was hating, but they, you know, sometimes people get discouraged, but you need, you need, you need everything. I think you need both, but ultimately you, you catch people at, at the right time. And I think high school is a critical age when they need to see more than just their parents. Mm-hmm. And I think as adults, we, we, we owe them that, you know, we owe them that because they think it's easy and it's not going to be easy as they think, but with, with, with them being able to stick to something and, and having self-confidence and belief, they'll be okay. Cause a lot of times people think, well, they fail and they think, Oh my God, this is the end of the world. No, it's not. Failure is a part of it. You know, I mean, that's, that's something, but, but being a mentor is, is something that I don't think the city does enough of, honestly. Um, I think the males in the city should do more. I mean, I think we want to wait till we're like 65 and now they want to provide the sage advice. When you youth, I'm 46. They got. I have the energy now. They got. I gotta go. I gotta do what I gotta do now. I can't afford to wait till I'm 60 because I can still. I can still relate to an 18, 15, 16 year. I, I'm still relatable. I'm still the cool guy, you know. But when you 65, you know. Oh, okay, that's an old man, you know. But when you still hip and they watch you, you know, they they pay attention to you. But once you lose them, you lose them. But you. You, you, I understand that. A lot of people don't, don't think, oh, well, I don't have anything to give. Yeah, you do. You can get your time. It doesn't take much, you know, yeah. but, you know, you also have to be open and honest. And, and thank you for being the cool, hip guy for my son. I really appreciate it. 
Because yeah, they yeah. they they need it. They watch you. Yeah, they can listen to you all day long. But when they see what you do, it, it's like my dad was. He always talked, but he never showed me like you know. So I went off of what he did, not what he said. Mm-hmm. I was watching I mean, young guys. Hey, they watch you. I mean, mm-hmm. I coach JV basketball. They follow me on Instagram. They may not say nothing to me, but they watching you. They got a certain they, one told me, Mr. I go to your page every day. You know, why, why my page? Well, you know, everybody else is negative and blah, 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 blah. You're different. So I have I, I have their attention because I do things differently from anybody that they're probably around. Then they ask you why you like that. Well, my upbringing was this way. I grew up this way. I'm from here. Oh, okay, for real. And then they just learn more. But then they start looking at things differently because once they grow up in an area where everybody's the same, a person that's a little bit different kind of catches their attention. Let's talk a little bit more about what are what are some some benefits of being in the fraternity. I know you mentioned about the education. Most people have the education, but I'm sure there are some some benefits to join. So could you talk about that, too? Benefits will be um, initially growing up, obviously, in the Army. Um, you have mentors, you have older guys where you have that, that sage, that free advice. Whereas I can go to a financial person that'll tell me stuff. I got frat brothers who lost money. Hey, they tell me, hey, you need to make sure you don't do this. You know, when you're tired, make sure you do this. So these are guys who are my mentors. Mm-hmm. And um, they also um, provide their, their wealth of knowledge, whether they were a minister, whether they were educators, and they all get to provide you that mentorship. And you also get opportunity to not to to network. So, but ultimately being a part of fraternity, I grew up and I mean I grew up in a black community where the Omegas was they sponsored a T-ball team when I was five. So all my teachers, all people I grew up with were Omegas. There's a couple of Kappas there, but mostly they were Omegas. So I grew up around it. So when I got to the army, all my mentors who were who were 80s, who retired lieutenant colonels in the army. They knew guys at Fort Hood, Texas. They knew guys at Fort Bliss, Texas. Being a mentor is something that you, I think it's it's more bang for your buck. And a lot of times people always say, my legacy is in my children. No, it's in every, every person, every person you influence, every person in your life that you touch. Um, and those, that's your legacy. Because at your, at your funeral, your kid's going to remember you. But all those students I taught, all those souls I served with, they're, they're going to have another something that's extra because my kid will never really understand what I went through to get there. My other, um, those other students and stuff were going to understand. So, but, but that's it in terms of uh, mentoring. Uh, we're working to bring another, he was going to start another one. Um, it's called a Omega Lamplighters where we're going to mm-hmm. target middle school age boys. Cause we realized that you got to get to them elementary six, seven, eighth grade, and you can continue to mentor them throughout high school. But the but the, the age you got to get to them is probably six, when they're about 10, 11, 12. That's when you really kind of want to scoop them up, A, and always the, the ones they deem at risk. Them mm-hmm. the ones you got to go get, because those are the ones who really need you the most. The ones who have parents, yeah, they're going to be okay. I mean, yeah, they may make a mistake, but they have a structure, they have a foundation. We have a lot of kids who don't have the structure and a foundation. And I see that every day as a, as a teacher. So, Kendrick, since you are the leader of the Omega Sci-Fi, what are some challenges that you had to overcome during your year? Being able to, to, to get those young guys 
who are going to be willing to work and are going to be able to give up themselves, their own ideologies, their own beliefs, and do it some for the greater good. Uh, a lot of times people kind of get set in their ways. The younger guys, me, I retired, you know, I got benefits, but I'm still working. I'm still trying to do my part. A lot of them feel like they've done enough. Mm-hmm. And that's like, well, to whom much is given, much is required. And it's a lot of things they can do. So they're negative sometimes and they want to, they want to like um, be critical of things, but they don't want to get in the fight. They don't want to do the work. You know, it's okay to be critical if you're going to help. It's okay to have, have a say if you're going to be there when we need you. But if you're not going to be there when we need you, then I'm not going to, you're not going to have a say. So the biggest thing is probably kind of change the, the paradigm that we should always just go to hang out and social events. You know, how are we going to get out to the community? Are we trying to help? The, 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 the migrant? Are we doing stuff for social justice? Are we partnering with, which we should do with NAACP when we have incidences that affect those who are marginalized, those people of color who may not have those opportunities and those skill sets and those job opportunities as we as veterans because we come to El Paso because of the military. We get perks. We get certain benefits. There are other people in the city who don't get them. So, and I always try to tell them that. So, we get more credibility when we do more in the community. Instead of us always amongst themselves and always out doing other, going to the club and drinking and hanging out, we, we get more, people take you serious when they see you out. When you get a minister like Pastor Grady, he's a mentor of mine. He tells me, he didn't know who we were. He knows who we are now. You know, he didn't know a lot of people. I have school teachers. Oh, I didn't know who you guys were. I thought you guys just did this and bark. No, we do this. This is what we're supposed to be doing. You know, this is what I I sold all our mandated programs, you know, stuff that we're supposed to do. They're like, really? Like, yeah. But until you actually get people who are about the business of it, who kind of, because we have a, we got national mandated programs we have to do every year. Mm-hmm. A blood drive. Um, a national high school essay contest. I have a couple. Um, we do a memorial service. We do a talent hunt, which is a, a talent show. Um we do scholarship. So a lot of things we're supposed to do in the city, even though we, we, we're supposed to be partnering with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Uh, we're supposed to do branch cancer. We're supposed to do, but now it's, we have an Alzheimer's initiative that we have now. Uh, we have a assault on a literacy, which used to be not one of our top ones, but, and not even, now this, this was only geared towards black school-age kids, K, K, K through 12, right? And the literacy rate at one point was 44%, right? Now they're saying it's because of COVID-19, it's less. Wow. So take that, couple that with our dynamic being in the city where most people don't speak English. It's worse in El Paso. So there's something that we need to focus ourselves by having a reading program. You know, how do we get to it? We got to target, I mean, how many, how many other organizations are actually partnering with the elementary school? That do the partnership and education stuff. That's cool. But how many actually go in there? Hey, kids, hey, if you want to do better, you got to understand, you got to read. Because when you go take these ASVAB tests, these SAT, ACT, college exam, that's all about how well you read. In a culture here, parents don't read with their children. They don't believe in that. You know, we got to teach the parents, hey, it's okay to have, instead of going to Netflix, how about you have a reading book night? How about you guys pick a book, go to the library, pick books, and you read it with your kids so you can model 
that they need to read. So when they go take a test, they do well at it because they understand the words. They understand to make connections. But that's something that I, I think we're going to start. And we're going to start probably, we were going to start this school year, but obviously COVID-19 changed everything. Um, but yeah, we're going to we're gonna have a Omega Lamplighters. I'm going to target probably have like 12, 12 boys we're going to mentor. Um, there's other services for women. Um, we're partnering with, um, there's a couple other Greek um, sorority who have their own girl programs and stuff, but I don't think there's any. I think the campus have one. We want to start one. But I want to target edu- from an educational standpoint, not just the whole get you out and take you out to the park. I want to show you, you know, these are how you need to spend your time. Like I tell my students, you know, what do you do when you get home every day? Well, I go home and I play video games. So what does that do for you? I mean, you got to test the next day. So how many hours a week you spend towards your academics, towards your grade? You should. Well, Mr. is hard, but I know nothing's easy, but you spend an hour on your laptop playing a video game. And how about you reduce that to 20 minutes and give 20 minutes to each subject every night? You know, just to look at what the teacher went over in notes. And that's something you, that's a skill set that these kids have no idea because they wait to the last minute. I see it every day. They have everything. It's like last minute. Oh my God, I don't know what to do yet, but you was on a game all night playing two hours. So what are you going to, what's that game going to do for you? It doesn't help you out. But um, I think you have to model it. And I think uh, a mentor group is your opportunity to actually get those guys and also have a presence in those schools. But is there anything else you hope to change in the local chapter? Honestly, we need to make male of the Latinx ethnicity. We need to make Hispanic brothers. Mm-hmm. That's the next goal for me. You know, um, I know people always say we're a black fraternity. This is 2020, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we can't be about ourselves. We have to go and these open up to those. Because I have students, Hispanic, you know, boys ask me all the time about Omega South Fire. And they don't know anyone who's one. They don't have an uncle who went to college. They didn't grow up around it. So I'm the person, I'm like the plug, right? And they talk to me, they ask me, oh, Michael Jordan? Yeah, it's my friend Shaq. Okay, yeah, I saw him. Yeah, I saw Space Jam. He has the brand. Then they then they realize, so how do you become one? Well, you got to go to college. Oh, for real? Like, yeah. So then you start planting those seeds, mm-hmm. you know? So, but they have a chapter here in Utah. We're trying to bring it back. But um, but you just got to go out and, and we got to make brothers to those who don't look like us. So that's one of the next steps, I think, to, to make sure to expand ourselves into the Hispanic community. You know, talking, partnering with organizations like LULAC. There's several others that I talk to my other organizations, and they know I'm an Omega and I'm an NAACP. Um, I'm also going to be the second vice president over there, too. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't necessarily want that, but I, it's certain things that, because of who I'm connected with as a school teacher, I teach at a school, I'm only black male, two black male teachers. So my whole social network is expanding a lot because they can see me every day. They'll call me quickly to ask me questions because they know me. You know, or I go to a basketball game, you know, other coaches. So you got to like, you know, and you have to bring awareness to to more than just what we do as as a, you know, as a black man. I got to do what what can I do as a as a as a leader trying to be a leader in the city and you lead by example. It's not about what you say is what you do. So I have to start. I have to have to exemplify that. I can't just talk about it. I have to have to show them. So 
I'm I'm right in saying that Omega Sci-Fi has helped you in your career path, but specifically, how has it helped you in your career path? Other officers who endured the same challenges, they shared their sage advice with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably what helped me in the Army. You know, we got a lot of general officers out there, and like General Twitty was here, and we had conversations and stuff, and he'll give me his honest feedback. So, but I think because of those leaders ahead of me who were any, whether it's military or whether it's, you know, previous FBI director for El Paso was Emerson Bowie, was another mentor who's in Chicago now. So those guys kind of like share, share stuff with me, you know, in terms of what we need to do to go future, to be, be legitimate in this community, to have that be a, be, a, be a broker where people come to us. You know, before I had this conversation with you, I had a mentor I talked to about the questions you gave me. You know, what should I say and what can I not say? And I know I'm a political science major. I know what to say and what not to say and not to mm. get myself in trouble. But and then transitioning to being an educator, you don't want to skip the grind. You want to go through the hard stuff. You want to teach freshmen. You want to coach sports. So when you're a principal, when people come to you with a problem, okay, got it. When I was this, I did this, but this may work for you. This approach may work for you. So you so you equip and they tell you to take all the difficult jobs. That's what that's what prepares you. That's the biggest advice I think I've been giving by any five brothers. You don't want it easy. You want it hard. So when you get there, no one's going to question you. You know, I still got to get in the job. I still got to represent. You know, I still got to go out and work hard and I still got to set the example. And I still, you know, those things I still have to continue to do. Because just because someone gave me a stamp of approval don't mean like, it's going to be, oh, yeah, well, you're in the door now. But I still got to get in that door and I still got to take care of business. And here I am, you know, spending time representing them to the fullest with you. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I can continue to, to do great things in the city as long as I'm, as long as I'm here. And I have, you know, I'm blessed with the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the mindset and the health and, you know, the mental capacity to manage things and try to, try to make to make things better than they were before I got here. So where do you see yourself in the future? By the time I'm 50, if I would like to be a principal at a high school, vice principal, professionally, I would like to be a, um, I always have to answer it um, both ways. Professionally, I would like to see myself as a, as a vice principal or principal in high school. I'm 46, I got four years. You know, mm-hmm. I retired, I've been teaching three so you got to have three years of teaching experience to become a principal. So I'm in school now. So I'm aligning myself for that. Personally, it's probably continue to grow and continue to, to serve, whether I, whether I go into politics or, you know, work on my faith more and try to be an example. I think um, not so much like I'm perfect, but to show that a country boy from Arkansas can make, can go many places and influence many people. You know, because that's, you know, I come from my city is only like, you know, 30, 40,000 people. So it's kind of like very small. And you go to a city like El Paso, 700,000 people, it's overwhelming. And people don't look like you. They don't believe what you don't eat, the food you eat. You know, their religion practices is different from yours. Mm-hmm. But you still, you know, you still find a way to, um, you know, try to like um, to make a difference, I guess. And it's share who you are and represent where you're from. and what your values are and what, what, what's important. Where can our listeners learn more about the fraternity? If you type in www.omegauplift.org, it has all our mandated programs, all our community stuff, 
we do a newsletter monthly now. I got one younger brothers who writes. He does like uh, news sampling. He does videos now. So I got guys like that doing stuff that make me look good. And we also working. Uh, I'm bringing you into a meeting that you could talk about nonprofits because um, we're talking about the different ways that we can invest our money. We're thinking about um, opening up a education center here. And I know they talk about the 501c3 versus we had something. We want to start one locally. One of the older brothers want to start a like a building. So we can have our own building in place. So when we do have events or it's going to be education center, but, but we are a nonprofit. Um, obviously we have our community uplift foundation. We have our general fund. So our uplift foundation is where our scholarship money goes. So that's where we do a lot of our donations and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I bring you in, um, let, let you talk to the brothers and who you are and, um, you know, and so so we can get. So, could you tell me more about your organization? About talking nonprofits. Yes. Okay. Well, talking nonprofits. I started um, the podcast about in July, and to share the platform of nonprofits to share. So, so nonprofits can come on the show to share their mission, um, their goals, and also to talk to the leadership about you know some challenges they had, how they overcome those challenges and where they want to go in the future. So it's been around since July and uh, I'm hoping to expand um, to talk to more executive directors like presidents like you of, of um, fraternities, sororities, as well as other uh, nonprofits in our city and beyond. Thank so you what inspired you to do this? Inspi- oh, what inspired me to do it is because I am a big, podcast listener. I listen to tons of podcasts and I work with a lot of nonprofits on my, in my federal job. And, uh, on my federal, in my federal job, I was never able to share, um, the finance needs that those nonprofits have. Uh, so on the podcast, I can say, um, to, you know, to the, to the audience, if you want to donate to Omega Sci-Fi, go to this website. If you want to donate to, uh, American Red Cross go to this website or they need funding for this. And on my, in my federal job, I had to keep it, you know, federal, you know. So this is an opportunity for me to share, um, um, you know, their monetary needs and uh, to give them a platform to share, you know, where can people come and support you? That's why I started it. But it's mostly because I wanted to... Um, to share what they're what they're doing in the communities and to to t- change the subject, Kendra, you put me on the spot. So let's 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 change it. Let me ask you our questions. At talking nonprofits, our goal is to connect nonprofits to the community. In your own words, what is community to you? Community is it's setting aside your ethnic, your gender, political your religious ideologies for the greater good of the community in terms of collaboration. That's what community is. I think sometimes we, we're kind of set in our ways. I'm from the Bible Belt. You know, obviously I'm a Christian, but that has no way of, of skewing what I do for the community. The, the other part of community is the youth. You can do as much as adults, but we got to we gotta have, we got we to gotta, we gotta pass that torch to the youth. Because during the Civil Rights Movement, all those folks were in their 30s. They were old. They were in their 30s. Oh, MLK was 41 he was assassinated. So it was like, you were still young. Those guys, those dudes, that all they have are lifting as young folks. 
They weren't old. That's that's something that I think that's missing in this community. The tie-in, and that's across all ethnicities. How do we how do we leverage the youth? And what do you have any thoughts and ideas on how to leverage the youth? Well, I like your um, your website with um, putting all those scholarships together, and as well as working um, with opportunities like volunteer opportunities would be a great way that, you know, putting that on there because sometimes the scholarships do require them to do volunteer services. So adding that link to it, okay, you have to do so many services, you have to have a GPA, but you also have to do 500 hours, you know, from ninth grade to 12th grade and then connect volunteering with that as well. Yeah, because a lot, you're right. We can talk off. I'm going to go ahead and end this this podcast part, but um, I want to say thank you to Kendra for being on the podcast. I enjoyed our conversation thoroughly. And um, for all you who listen to this podcast, like it, review it, and uh, continue to connect. Well, I will, I will continue to connect the world to nonprofits through wherever community you may be. Join me each week to learn about a nonprofit's journey by subscribing to Talking Nonprofits wherever you receive your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the show, send a note via the contact form on our website. Until next time, be the difference.